Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by co-founding pastor John Ferguson as we conclude the series, Why Church? Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. I want to take you back to a fateful night. Uh, The water is calm as your boat gently sways with the ocean surrounding you. It's an unusually cold night. The deep darkness of the sky is filled with stars that shimmer in the frigid air. Uh, Suddenly, the stillness is broken as darkness lights up with the flare of rockets. Uh, This is what the crew of the Californian steamship saw late in the evening of April 14, 1912. Earlier that night, the boat had come to a stop on the edge of an ice field in those North Atlantic waters. They turned off their radio and the operator went to bed for the night. The rockets that the crew saw were coming from a large passenger ship they could see stopped in the water a few miles away. Uh, The crew told their captain about the rockets, and they concluded that the passengers of that ship must be having quite a celebration. Now, you may have already guessed the name of the passenger ship. The Californian was just a few miles away from, yes, the Titanic. And the next morning at 5 a.m., the operator awoke, turned on the Californian's radio, and heard the devastating news of the Titanic sinking. And tragically, the Californian had been perfectly positioned for the rescue mission, but they didn't recognize what was happening and they failed to respond. Now, we may never find ourselves in a life and death situation like the crew of the Californian. Yet I think many of us have experienced that nagging feeling that there's something out there for us to pursue, a a particular purpose, and and we might just be missing it. Uh, Over the past few months, we've been having you plus conversations, and many of us are asking questions like, what is my purpose? What's my calling? Uh, What am I actually here to do? And whether you're a student, starting a career, a young parent, or retired, you were likely still looking for purpose. My dad retired about 18 months ago at the age of 82. A week before his retirement party, he said to me, John, I think I might talk to a life coach to help me figure out what I want to do next. We all want purpose. Um, Sometimes it feels like our purpose is something that's out there somewhere. But what if our purpose is actually right in front of us and we just need to have the eyes to see it, the ears to hear it, and the heart to capture it? In this series, we've been asking, why church? Why church? And sadly, in our culture today, we see all sorts of ways the church has failed, been broken, or even contributed to the problems in our world. With so much that has gone wrong, it is fair to ask, why exactly do we even need the church? And while that question remains, we are reminded that the church was actually God's idea. Yeah, it was God's idea. Jesus is the one who established the church. The church belongs to him. And our hope is that as we understand God's reasons for creating the church, it might help us rethink what it means to be the church and then become that church that God has in mind. So today, in this final week of our series, we need to understand that Jesus has a purpose for his church. Jesus has a purpose for his church. Now, it makes me think of a scene captured by Jesus' close friend and follower, John. It occurs on the heels of Jesus' resurrection. And John writes this. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. 
In the Jewish calendar, the seventh day, the Sabbath was Saturday. The new week would start on Sunday. So there on the first Sunday after Jesus' death and resurrection, his disciples are gathered and they are scared. (laughs) They're fearful that they could face death just like Jesus did just days before. And then suddenly Jesus appears. Can you imagine the surprise, the, the shouts of joy, as well as the gasps, maybe even tears as the disciples hold Jesus and hug him for the first time since his death on the cross. And then... And what you could say was, you know, the first church gathering ever, Jesus says this to them. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. I am sending you. You see, the church from its very beginning was never meant to simply be a people gathered for its own sake. No, instead, the gathered church was always meant to be sent, sent for the sake of others. So what exactly are we sent to do? Well, I believe if you look at the lives of those early disciples and then the life of Jesus himself, you will see three priorities that Jesus has for those he is sending. They are meant to reach, restore, and reproduce. Reach, restore, and reproduce. That was how they would live out their purpose. And here at Community, we believe it's how we are to live out our purpose too. We are sent to reach, We are set to reach those who are far from God. Say reach. Yeah, if you go back through the life of Jesus over and over again, you see him moving into unexpected places so that he can reach unexpected people. He finds himself not only with lepers and the disease, but also with sinners, tax collectors. He often sought out those least likely to be interested and invited them to follow him. And when he was asked why he was doing this, he said, for the son of man, came to seek and to save the lost. To seek and to save the lost. And that's what we are also sent to do. That's our first priority. Jesus sends us to reach those who are far from God. I'll tell you what, if you found your way back to God here at Community, you know, either for the first time or or maybe once again, you know, after straying for some time, just kind of let us know in the chat, will you? You can just type the phrase, I found my way. I found my way because we are about reaching people who are far from God. We're also sent to restore God's dream for our world. Say that with me, okay? Restore. In one of his first public appearances, Jesus stands in front of a gathering of people who don't yet understand his intent. And then he reads these words to explain his purpose. It's a prophecy. And here's what he reads. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Okay, Jesus said this. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he, the Spirit of the Lord, has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let me ask you, okay, when you look around at our world, our nation, our city, don't you have a a nagging sense so often that things just, aren't the way they ought to be. I mean, that that too often, you know, what we see and and what we sometimes experience personally is just not the way God dreamed it would be or created it to be. See, here Jesus was making it crystal clear that his purpose is to restore this world to the way it was meant to be. And so he came to care for the needs of the poor, the sick, the oppressed. I mean, just imagine what kind of change might 
come to our neighborhoods, our city, our world, if we, you know, the church and, and all churches join together with Jesus in this purpose to restore God's dream. And finally, Jesus sends us to reproduce. Say that after me, reproduce. At Community, something we noticed early on is that some churches are pretty good at reaching those who are far from God. Other churches are passionate about restoring God's dream for the world. But most churches seem to kind of get stuck when it comes to this final priority of reproducing. That is equipping and sending disciples to go and do the same in places all over the world. And there's a beautiful summary of this idea of reproducing in Paul's letter to Timothy. Now, Timothy was a, a dear ministry partner of Paul's. But Paul didn't keep Timothy to himself. Instead, no, Paul sent Timothy out. Paul said this to Timothy. He said, Timothy, the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, you need to now entrust that to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Paul was sending him out to teach others. Just as Jesus sends us out, we are to send others out. We are to reproduce our purpose in others. This is the purpose of the church. We are gathered by Jesus to be sent. And we are sent for this purpose, to reach those who are far from God, restore God's dream for the world, and to reproduce this purpose as we equip and send others out. This is what it looks like for us to live out our mission of helping people find their way back to God. It's what we, the church, are sent to do. Now, okay, it's, it's one thing to know what the church is sent to do, right? But we find it's another thing altogether to believe that we, you and I, are actually the ones to live it out. Uh, we often assume that, you know, living out the mission, it's really for the, the powerful, the prominent, or maybe, you know, just the pastors and not for the everyday people. But just think about it. How could we possibly fulfill Jesus' call to reach, restore, and reproduce if they are the only ones living it? Now, this mission takes all of us. All of us. All of us are sent. And in fact, it is likely only you who can reach the people in your life. It is likely you and only you who can restore God's dream for the brokenness and pain around you. It's likely you and only you who can reproduce what God has done in and through you. Now, there's a great story from the first century church that I think illustrates this idea that God's mission is for everybody. When we think of the early church, I think we often bring to mind leaders like Peter and Paul. But there were other people who contributed significantly to the mission that might be a little less familiar to us. I want to tell you about one. Her name was Priscilla. Uh, Priscilla was a Jewish woman who lived during the first few decades following Jesus' life and ministry. Uh, she and her husband Aquila were tent makers. They were savvy, independent people who traveled from city to city to practice their craft. But there was more going on in their lives than meets the eye. Uh, let's look at what Paul, the apostle, says about them in his letter to Christ followers in Rome. He writes this. He tells the Roman Christians, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. And not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Wow, I mean, look at that. Paul calls Priscilla and Aquila his co-workers. This couple, I mean, they must have made quite an impact for all the churches of the Gentiles to be grateful to them. 
Their travels brought Priscilla and Aquila to Ephesus, where they were living on mission to represent Jesus to their neighbors. No doubt they were reaching people with the good news of Jesus and helping to restore God's dream for that city. Uh, Later on, Luke, the doctor and historian, shares a great example of how they reproduced the mission. Luke writes this, he says, Meanwhile, a, a Jewish man named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. This is where Priscilla and Aquila were. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he only knew the baptism of John. That's the baptism of John the Baptist. He, Apollos, began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Priscilla and Aquila heard him. They invited him over to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. I love that. See, Priscilla and Aquila brought Apollos to their home after hearing him teach and they, they kind of helped him along and helped him gain a deeper understanding of Jesus and the ways of God. And it's interesting, many scholars make note that Priscilla's name was mentioned first in this passage, indicating that she was likely the more prominent ministry leader. The early church father, Chrysostom, notes Priscilla's role in instructing Apollos, saying she perfected him as a teacher. You see, Priscilla, she's a great example, I think, of what it means to be on mission with God. She was one of the first people reached with the gospel And then despite the challenges she faced as a woman in a male-dominated culture, she lived boldly as an example of the gospel's power to reach, restore, and reproduce. She reproduced herself and others as she helped Apollos get his theology right. She started at least one church and led or helped lead a church in her own home. Priscilla, she's been an inspiration for centuries, helping women in particular recognize that they can be powerfully used by God. And she, along with her husband, leveraged their skills, resources, and home to carry out the mission of Jesus wherever she was sent. And you see, just as God sent Priscilla, God is sending you and God is sending me. Yeah, you are sent to live as a disciple of Jesus who hears from God and does what he says. You are sent to your family. You are sent to your neighbors. You are sent to your school or workplace. You are the church that is sent. So what does that look like? What does it look like to be sent on a day in and day out basis? Well, here's just a few practical ways we can live out our purpose as the church. When it comes to reaching people who are far from God, the best way to go about that is to bless. And bless is an acrostic that reminds us how to live this out in five simple ways. First, the BM bless stands for begin with prayer. And let me just say, prayer is not the least we can do. No, prayer followed by action is the most we can do. So begin by asking God to work through you to reach people. The L in blessed stands for listen. To listen is to love. You know, your most generous act today may be to truly listen to someone. So we begin with prayer, we listen. And then the E stands for eat. Like Jesus said, we can do some of our very best and most meaningful reaching over a meal. For some of you, I'm sure that's great news. And the first S in bless is for serve. We begin with prayer, we listen, we eat, and then we serve in practical and loving ways. And then finally, the second S stands for story. Just as Priscilla shared with Apollos, we too share how Jesus makes all the difference. You see, when when bless becomes your way of life, you realize that anyone at almost any time can be someone you seek to reach. When it comes to Restore, uh, one of the incredible resources we share across all our locations at Community is Community Cares. 
Uh, community cares is how we as a church provide relief, develop people, and pursue holistic transformation in any context. Now, I live on the north side of Chicago, and so most Sundays I gather with our Lincoln Park location. One of our goals at Lincoln Park in Restore is for each of our groups to partner with Lincoln Park Community Services. It's an incredible core organization that works with people who are experiencing homelessness. And they really are one of the best anywhere at helping people return to independent living. And so once a month, we get the privilege to prepare and serve a meal to this community. And though, you know, sometimes it, it feels like, well, that's the least we can do. Uh, last month, when I had the chance to serve, I was reminded again of just how much hope we can bring to our neighbors there by simply providing a delicious meal. Finally, one of our newest expressions at Community has come out of the disruption of COVID. Uh, the pandemic helped us realize that how we reproduce as a church might, well, it might need to look different. So thinking and praying through that forged a new passion for equipping leaders to launch what we're calling microchurches. It's what you heard about earlier in the Be the Church moment. Uh, and what we love about microchurches is that anyone can lead them. And they can take place anywhere and especially in places and for people who otherwise might not show up on a Sunday for a church service. Now, we've been offering training cohorts for the past two years. And I want you to know that if maybe just maybe you sense that God is nudging you to pioneer a brand new mission, a micro church, if you will, we would love for you to come talk to us. You know, there was another boat in the story of the Titanic. It was called the Carpathia. Uh, it was 58 miles away, much further than the Californian. But its radio was on. And when it got the call that the Titanic was sinking, it powered up all its engines and headed straight for the sinking ship. It ran full power ahead for three and a half hours. And when the crew showed up at the scene of the disaster, many people had already perished, but they were able to rescue more than 700 people from the lifeboats of the Titanic. Both the Californian and the Carpathia, they had the tools needed to respond to the urgent need of the sinking Titanic. But only one crew had the radio turned on. Only one crew responded to the distress call. Only one crew was willing to navigate the challenges around them and put everything aside to reach those who were dying. Church, God has given us everything we need to reach those who are in need of the hope-filled, grace-fueled, life-saving message of Jesus. And he has sent us, every single one of us, his church. That is our purpose. The question is this, are we listening? Are we hearing from God? And are we doing what he says? You see, the good news is we don't have to do it alone. Uh, like Apollos, who was taught and equipped by Priscilla or the crew of the Carpathia, who worked together to save the lives of Titanic passengers. We are in this together. That's why Jesus gave us the church. Yeah, the church is where we can find our purpose and live it out together, strengthened and encouraged by each other. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid growing up in church, there was a sign above the doors we would leave the service each Sunday. And it read like this. You are now entering the mission field. Yeah, you are now entering the mission field. And I always thought it was kind of corny, but you know what? It was actually spot on. You see, when we leave wherever we gather together, 
We are to leave on mission, on purpose, to help more people find their way back to God. Remember the definition of church we gave on week one? Yeah, we are a community of people on mission together where Jesus is king. We do this together. We need each other. And that's why God gave us the church. Let's pray. Father God, God, thank you so much that you not only sent your son, but you sent your son to establish the church. It's his church, God. And Lord, help us to know that we are sent just as Jesus was sent. We too are sent to reach people who are far from God, restore your dream for this broken and messed up world and to reproduce this purpose, this mission and others and all sorts of places all over the world. God, we know you go with us and we know we go together. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Our mission is to help you find your way back to God. And by listening today, you've already taken your first step. And we'd love to help you take a next step in your relationship with God, the church, and the world. It's how we're all embracing the flourishing life that Jesus talks about, a life we call U+. Visit communitychristian.org to take a next step, learn more, give generously, and plan your visit. We hope to see you on a Sunday soon.